What are the internal audit trends for 2011? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking today with Richard Chambers, President of the Institute of Internal Auditors. Richard, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be uh, with you as well. Now, the last time we spoke, we spoke about how internal auditing was adapting to organizations' changing needs, particularly through the financial crisis. What do you see have been the most significant impacts the recession has had on the practice of internal auditing here in 2010? Well, you know, my uh, my view is that uh, this uh, profession has always been one uh, that evolves and changes and adapts uh, to meet stakeholder needs and expectations, and certainly those needs and expectations have uh, very, been very much on the move uh, in the last two years. I think any time an organization or a company is under a lot of uh, pressure in terms of the bottom line, which invariably accompanies a recessionary environment, there are plenty of ways that internal audit can uh, step up and add value. And we've seen that again uh, in this uh, in this latest recession. Uh, one of the ways that I'd say that internal audit has really helped is in helping companies to identify ways to shore up uh, the bottom line, particularly in terms of cost reduction and containment. Uh, you know, my experience having been in internal auditing for most of my, most of my adult life is that I've seen us go through a few recessions. I've seen organizations go through tough times. And there's really no one better positioned in the company to help senior management identify cost savings and efficiencies than any internal auditors because they're out there in the company every day. And we've seen a significant upturn in the last two years by internal audit looking at ways that the company can reduce costs and uh, contain expenses. So, Richard, if 2011 is the year when we enter the post-recession in a recovery mode, what are your projections for staffing and budgeting for the year in internal audit? Well, uh, you know, we survey on this a uh, couple of times a year. Uh, we try to survey always in the early part of the calendar year and then come back out in the fall to sort of revalidate what trends uh, are being uh, seen. And so one of the things that I would uh, say uh, that we have noted is that as we went through 2009, that that seemed to have been clearly the, the worst year in terms of the impact on internal audit resources. Fully a third of uh, Fortune 500 internal audit departments in the uh, in the U.S. saw their budget staffs um, uh, their budgets and staffs reduced in 2009. 2010's been uh, been uh, definitely better, but we've still seen uh, uh, you know as many as. Uh, 20% uh, who've had further reductions this year. What, what we're looking at next year, though, is I think for the first time we're looking at a, uh, at a much more stable uh, level. So if I look at uh, budgets uh, for next year uh, within, uh, within the U.S., uh, about, about uh, 16% still say they're going to have further reductions in their budgets next year. About 50% envision that their budgets are going to be stable, and, and about a third say that they'll actually have uh, larger budgets uh, as 2011 unfolds. Those uh, numbers are slightly less uh, in, uh, in in terms of the, the decreases for staffing. Only 12% are looking at further staffing reductions next year. That would be uh, fully uh, <clears throat> uh, fully a third, only about a third of the number that saw reductions in 2009. Meanwhile, about 60% are looking to be stable, and about 30% actually think they're going to have increased staffing levels in 2011. So those are those are encouraging signs for a number of reasons. Well, it sounds like we're still looking at a situation where there's somewhat constrained resources and certainly heightened expectations. Is that fair to say? 
No, I think so. I, you know, I, I sort of, uh, in your earlier question, uh, honed in on uh, one specific area where internal audit uh, has jumped in and added a lot of value in the last two years. But there certainly are far more ways that internal audit's done so than uh, than the expense reduction and cost containment. Uh, where I think internal audit is really starting to uh, to make a contribution. And I, I really anticipate that it will be an important part of internal audit's role in the, uh, in the, in the short term is in helping their uh, organizations get their arms around risk management. Uh, internal audit, uh, and internal auditors, and we spoke about this, I believe, when we talked the last time, uh, have almost an inherent, uh, uh, understanding of, uh, of key risks in the company. Uh, we've had audit standards in place now for almost a decade that mandated that internal auditors would undertake an annual risk assessment. So as companies are under a greater pressure and as boards and management are under greater pressure to demonstrate uh, their acumen in managing risks, uh, a lot of them are turning to internal audit to uh, to get some uh, some support and some coaching on how you go through a process of assessing those risks and what a what a sound risk management uh, structure looks like. Well, that's a good topic, risk management. And the follow-up for me is, how can an internal auditor ensure that he or she is aligning these risk management roles with the priorities that the senior management and the board hold? Well, again, I think what we're seeing here is, you know, and, and undoubtedly the legacy of this last recession is probably still being written. Uh, but one of the one of the uh, uh, one of the legacies I think that are that's going to be left from the financial failures that put us into this recession was was just an overall failure of risk management, certainly in the key sectors such as financial services. And so, as uh, as regulators and, uh, and in some cases legislators and others are uh, are imposing new requirements for boards uh, and management uh, to demonstrate greater acumen in risk management, they're looking, as I said a minute ago, they're they're really looking as to how uh, to effectively undertake that. And in some cases. They're turning to the uh, chief audit executive, the head of internal audit, and actually asking them to take on that second uh, sort of second hat, uh, at least on a temporary basis. And we do think that if it if if the internal audit function does uh, support the, the risk management function in a way that you know sort of as the chief risk officer in the case of the chief audit executive, that that should be a temporary role. But I think one of the ways that uh, that internal audit stays aligned is by having a, a keen understanding of what management's doing, being being there as a as an advisor, uh, in in terms of what an effective risk management program looks like. But I think in the long run, where internal audit adds the most value is in terms of providing assurance to both uh, senior management and the board about how effective uh, how effectively risks are being managed. You know, if you ask uh, senior management, I think they're always going to have, and I think all of us would would have a natural inclination to say, "Hey, we've got our arms around it. We know what the risks are." Um, but I, but I would say that boards will be given some additional comfort uh, by also having uh, the internal audit function uh, provide them some assurance that they've looked at the way risks are being managed and that they uh, would concur with management's assessment in terms of the overall effectiveness of risk management. Richard, two-part question for you, and the first part is about risk management. What are some of the risks ahead that internal auditors should be looking at? I mean, do regulations come to mind, for instance? Well, certainly, I think, uh, you know, anytime you're in a kind of a heightened regulatory environment, such as the one we're in, uh, where 
where, where we're getting a, a lot of very comprehensive legislation. Certainly, the Affordable Health Care Act comes to mind. Uh, some of the other financial services-related regulations and legislation. Those obviously present key risks uh, to the organization. Uh, my sense is, and in looking at some of the survey results and talking to chief audit executives, that a number of them uh, recognize uh, that, uh, that that's a key risk. Uh, I think uh, it's important, too, for internal audit to uh, stop taking uh, just sort of this traditional view of risks. I mean, traditionally, internal audit has focused primarily on um, financial risks, compliance risks, and in some cases, operational risks. But what I think we're really going to have to be willing to and able to focus on going forward is not only that kind of that core, uh, the, those core risks uh, that we've traditionally focused on, but in addition, I think we're going to have to be willing to look at strategic and business risks. Certainly, you know, the, the research that's been done would indicate that strategic and business risks can be far more lethal uh, to a company than even, uh, uh, you know, mistakes and, you know, financial reporting or uh, compliance. Uh, these strategic and business risks can often take a company down very rapidly. So for internal audit to really be aligned where stakeholder, excuse me, where shareholder value is, I think they're also going to have to be willing to address these strategic and business risks uh, when they when they rise to the level of uh, of coverage. Well, second part of the question, Richard, is in terms of other opportunities outside of risk, what are sort of the unrealized opportunities for internal audit? Well, I think one of the real unrealized uh, uh, opportunities is is sort of broadening the uh, the uh, what I call the portfolio of services. So an, an internal audit function, if, if you look at the fundamental definition of internal audit that the IA has been promulgating now for more than a decade, it is that internal auditors uh, provide value by, by providing both assurance and consulting uh, kind of services. Uh, I think in the late 90s, a lot of internal audit departments were starting to step up and provide uh, you know, some people are un uncomfortable with the term consulting, so so let's substitute the word advisory for a moment. A lot of internal audit groups were stepping up and providing advisory services, and I think we <clears throat> we got away from that in the last decade. Certainly, following the the Enron, uh, WorldCom, and other kind of uh, implosion scandals, uh, it, there, there was a reluctance to see uh, auditors uh, providing consulting or advisory kind of support for management. I think we've now moved on uh, to an era where, once again, uh, with a lot of changes underway, uh, management needs to have the internal audit advice in some instances while they're implementing changes because there's nothing more frust frustrating or, or uh, less value add than having the auditor sit on the sidelines until a new uh, system is designed and implemented and then come in and tell you that you did it wrong or that there are some key uh, key mistakes or key control errors. Uh, I think we have to be willing, uh, in in the right circumstances and with the right safeguards, uh, as internal audit professionals. I think we have to be willing to wear uh, an advisory hat and uh, and provide advice as these changes are being designed and implemented. The final question for you: As you look toward 2011, if you could boil it down, where do you see the biggest opportunity for internal audit to add value to organizations? Well, I think for for 2011, I think it's still going to be, uh, you know, much, very much an issue of staying aligned to those changing stakeholder expectations. There have been a couple of 
of surveys that have been uh, published recently, one by a big four uh, accounting firm in particular, where stakeholders have sort of uh, begun to express a little bit of impatience with the uh, rate of change uh, by their internal auditors. I don't think we're looking at an epidemic here, but I think as internal auditors, we've got to recognize that uh, that our stakeholder expectations are constantly evolving. They'll constantly be changing. And the, and the most effective way for us to address those uh, expectations is to be able to identify when they're changing and when appropriate, we need to be adapting accordingly. So 2011 for me is still yet one more year in this uh, transformational phase we're going through. It started in in 2008, uh, and I saw uh, the coverage uh, start to, to shift away from the financial control work of the mid-2000s. Uh, and it has continued through 2009, through 2010, and I expect it to continue again even next year because, uh, you know, again, as we now move into a recovery phase, hopefully, coming out of this recession, uh, the kinds of risks that organizations face won't w- won't go away. They'll just change. Very good. Richard, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Well, thank you, and I uh, look forward to talking to you again. We've been talking about internal audit trends for 2011. We've been talking with Richard Chambers, President of the Institute of Internal Auditors. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.